Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that your name is written in heaven? Oh, in the blood of Jesus, you're forgiven. Oh, born from above and have a, 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 a divine destiny. Say, I have a divine destiny. Amen. We do, we do. So glad to see Abby back with us tonight. We miss you when you're not here. Always glad when you come. Glad to see Sister Shayla. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. I think God's on the move like never before. You know, they were leading us in this worship song, and the Spirit of God brought this verse to my heart. You know, uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. And catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. You know, so you and I, we got to be in the place and the position where when the devil starts trying to take something out of our heart, say, "Uh uh-uh, I got the Holy Ghost as my teacher. I understand the Word of God. I understand what he's saying to me, and you can't have it. Amen? And, And that's what this song is about. It's about you and I being in the place where we put Jesus between us and the enemy. And when we put him between us, then you and I, we have a place of safety. We have a place of growth. Uh, that He is our great refuge. Amen. Hallelujah. If you would open up your Bibles to Psalms 119. And I, what I want to talk to you tonight, what I feel is on, the, on my heart by the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, let's first, let's make this decree together. Decree with me. I am in step with the Savior. And you and I, were saved by the Word. Jesus is the Word. So that means we're in step with the Word. Amen? And, and so what's on my heart tonight is uh, just reminding us about walking in the Word. Walking by the Word. Uh, when you and I, when we get in the Word, uh, in our private devotion time, and we let the Holy Spirit teach us, and we get immersed in the Word, and the Word gets immersed in us, then we're not just walking in the Word, but we're walking by the Word. The Word is your source. Amen? And if the Word is your source, you'll never fail. Isn't that something? That, that's power. That's truth, right? Because uh, Jesus gave us a warning in Matthew 24, 4. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Well, I need to start right here. This is the number one man that can deceive me is myself. And if I uh, think that I'm going to make it without this Bible, without this Word, I'm deceiving myself. And so I need to know that, that uh, the Spirit of God teaches me, and I can be like an Enoch. Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I can be like a Noah. Genesis 6.9, I can walk with God because I found grace in Genesis 6.8. Come on, you found grace tonight. And so uh, that means that you can walk every day in your life, no matter if anybody else around you believes in God or not. And you're going to have success whether anybody else believes that the Word of God is a source of prospering, the source of healing, the source of victory, the source of deliverance, all of those things. None of those things matter because what matters is you're walking by what God says and nothing else. Amen? All right. That's just a little preview of what we're talking about. Psalms 119. Let's start reading at verse 97. Let's read this section of Mim, if you would. This is the 13th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. If you notice this Psalm... 119 has got all the uh, the 22 letters. It's divided up for us, and each one of them teaches something different. And so uh, the number 13 in Bible numerics, it means depravity. It means rebellion. See, what happened to Eve and Adam in the garden is when they left off the Word. 
Come on, they left off the word and, and they, they rebelled then. See, as long as you and I are hiding this word in our heart, we're going to be in the place where no matter what the devil tries to do, we're not going to fall away. Walking in and by the word. Okay, Psalms 119, verse 97. If you're there, say amen. Verse 97 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Through, though thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained, refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Now concentrate on verse 97 and verse 99 about the word of God being your meditation. Amen. Sister Donna, would you lead us in prayer? Yes. 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 Amen and amen. Thank you, Sister Donna. Thank you for honoring the Word. Thank you for your presence. It's such a blessing to be able to be in the house of the Lord with each one of you, uh, to be a part of the family of God. Amen. Uh, so, so tonight, let's just stir ourselves up in, in our spirit by the Word of God, some of these great truths that's in here when you and I realize uh, that our steps are ordered by the Lord and we are in step with our Savior because we're willing, uh, as the Spirit talks to us, to walk by the Word. And so, uh, notice what the psalmist said here in, in verse 97. He said, Oh, how I love thy law. And if you notice in here, in these verses that we just read, uh, notice how many times the word thy is in there. You know, he, he's talking about God's word, thy word, thy precepts, thy commandments, thy, uh, thy testimonies, all of those things. When we recognize and realize what God has gave us through Jesus for success, we don't need to fear in anything. We don't need to tremble about anything. We need to cast all of our care upon the Lord like the word says and let, simply let the word be your source of strength, be your ability to, to walk out situations and circumstances. But we've got to be in the place and position where we recognize and realize that the devil is going to do everything he can to try to get your mind, my mind, on anything else. Come on, each one of you, you had difficulties last week. There were troubles in your life. Everything isn't perfect. We're not in paradise. We're going to be. We're going to be in something that's even greater, amen? But so while we're walking, we've got to make sure that this battle that is going on in our mind, uh, that we give the Word of God the first and final say so you can be sured up in every avenue that the devil would come against you. Notice what he said now. He said, oh, how I love thy law. It is, present tense, my meditation all the day. Now, this word meditation here is from a Hebrew word, means reflection. See, you and I, I don't know about you, but when, when the devil starts messing with me, I start seeing things. 
Come on, what he does to discourage us, to hurt us, to hinder us. We start like looking in a mirror of the world rather than the mirror of the word of God. And we we start seeing a reflection. And that reflection, uh, how many times have you been fooled when you've looked in a pool of water and you thought you saw something, but you didn't? What you saw was completely different to what was the reality of it. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants me to accept a false narrative. A, a, a reality that he's wanting to create in my life, in your life. And so so every, every moment that he uh, uh, sees Jesus by the Spirit of God bringing the truth to us, he's going to be there to try to take it away from us. But you and I, we've got to stand strong and say, no, just like we said in that worship song, the enemy can't. Tell him what he can do and can't do. Because if, if you don't tell him what he can do and can't do out of this word, guess what? He'll tell you what you can do or can't do. How do I know that? Because personal experience. See, I can do and be all this word says I can, but I've got to have it in my heart. I've got to believe it. I've got to let that be my devotion. That's what the prime of this word means. When you and I meditate on the word of God, it becomes our devotion. Now, when you're devoted to something, guess what? Nothing can get your eyes off of it. When, when something is that special to you, those things in your life that you're devoted to, that you're willing to, to give out blood, sweat, and tears for, you hold on to it. And, and so that's what we're talking about tonight. I'm going to walk in and buy the word, but I've got, to, I've got to realize that the devil will do anything and everything he can to try to take it from me. Now, um, I want you just to consider some of these promises here before we move forward just for a moment of time. Look what he said. He said, through thy commandments, thou has made me wiser than my enemy. Who This enemy here is from a Hebrew word that means an adversary that hates. Who hates you? The devil doesn't want you to know that you're wiser than him. Now, that's a powerful thing to be talking about. Because we're talking about a fallen entity, a fallen uh, archangel. And by the Spirit of God, you have more wisdom because you have the Word of God. You have Jesus in every situation. Now think about the disciples in the three and a half years of ministry with Jesus. Each one of them could only have his attention in a limited capacity because he was he had chose to put on this flesh body. But when he put off that flesh body, he said, "It is as he was doing that, he said, is it expedient for you that I go away? Because now I'm not limited. My attention, my, my ability to, to read your heart, understand it is not simply by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he said, my Holy Spirit is going to be in you. Isn't that something? And so uh, you have the ability then, no matter where you're at or what you're dealing with, by the Spirit of God in you to show you the truth when the enemy comes. To, to, to uh, show you the vision of heaven, the plan of heaven. Let the reflection of the Word of God uh, bring the will of the Father in and through your life by this powerful Word being uh, released by your faith in what God is saying to you. That's how we're walking, amen? We're walking by that reality. And notice what he said in verse number 99. See, this is some things that you need to get up every morning and decree. You, you, you need to let the devil that you know what God's word is doing in you, what God's word is doing for you. He said in verse 99, I have more understanding than all of my teachers. Now, let, let's take just a little bit of leeway here and let's expand this word. This is a, a Hebrew word, Lamad, that means not just a, a teacher... In, in a physical situation or even a spiritual situation, it's a, it's a goad. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm continually being goaded 
by things. Now, gold means like if you've ever, uh, if you ever had to gather up cattle, if you, if you sold calves or whatever, you know, you had to take and you had your little hot shot or you had your stick or your club, whatever you used, and, and you, you worked those and you made a separation between the cows and the calves and you goaded them to where you wanted them to go. Well, the devil is working in your life and my life over time to try to get us to go where he wants us to go. But you have the word. And you have a promise. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, but all the things of the old man, the way the devil could goad me, the way the devil could bait me, you're wiser than that. You have more understanding. You see it coming. And, and you can grin and you can say, huh, devil, I'm not taking that cheese. You're not getting me in that trap. I have victory in that. I fell for it before. You like to broke my neck. You like to destroy the situation and the circumstance, but no more. I'm moving on. I'm walking in. I'm walking by the word, and I'm a successful. Come on, you're a prosperous person. Not prosperous what the world calls prosperous, but prosperous what heaven calls prosperous. That's the perfect prosperity. That's peace. That's provision that is more than enough. Day unto day with a relationship, with the fellowship of God the Father that nothing on this earth can touch. Isn't that something? So we're walking in and by this. But I, I admonish you, if you'll take uh, from 97 to 104, and if you'll just take a week and just uh, in your morning devotions, just decree what these verses say about you, you'll walk through that day and you'll say, man, I have more liberty than I ever dreamed of. I have more freedom than I ever understood. Amen. It's mine. And that's what we want to do. We want to be in the place and the position to let that come out of our lives and just benefit not just ourselves, but everyone in our lives. I want the success of the Lord, don't you? And it's here for us. Now go with me to the Gospel of Luke. And let's, we're going to look at three quick things tonight. Donnie and I were having Bible study together and... Uh, the Lord used her to speak these into my spirit. There's three things that we have to do to be able to walk in and by the word. Well, first of all, we've got to hear it. I mean, that, that sounds so simple, but, you know, there's a lot of things going on. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that there's many voices in the world. So there's a lot of things, and so you and I have got to uh, gauge what we hear and what we don't hear. But then you, when you hear something, then you've got to make a conscious decision whether you receive it into your heart or not. We don't just receive everything, right? And in some things I need to hear and receive. I hear it, but somewhere along the way I never get it from here into here. So we've got to receive it. But then the way that we hold on to it and the way it becomes a part of us and we become a part of it, we've got to apply it. We've got to do it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Look in Luke chapter 9, out of the, uh, uh, the teachings here that you know very well, but on the, on, when Jesus goes to the Mount of Transfiguration, starting in verse 28... Uh, Luke nine twenty eight, and it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings. Now you know we know I'll remind you, but you, I know you know. But the number eight means new beginnings, means new creature, new creation. When you and I start getting along with Jesus in these mountaintop experiences in our private devotions, we learn things that we would never otherwise know. See, Jesus has secrets for those who want to be close to Him. See, this was only available to Peter, James, and John. Because the others weren't there. So you can be alone with the Lord just as deep as you want to be. Amen. I can be alone with him. Just It's my choice. It's whatever I choose. Anyway, uh, he took Peter, James, and John. And he went up into a mountain to pray. 
And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. Verse 30, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Moses and Elijah. So here Jesus is. Jesus is uh, grace, right, we could say. And he's, he's got the law and the prophets with him. And so he's he's going to, what this is all about, this is showing how we're moving from the law and we're coming into the prophetic of, of everything that's been prophesied about Jesus and the dispensation of grace. And he's showing that if we'll get along with him and if we'll have a mountaintop experience with him, we can walk in a new place. Come on, he's taking Peter, James, and John, he's taking these three to an understanding that they had never had before. Isn't that something? And that's for you and I, we're living in this very time. Verse 31, who appeared in glory, and they spake of his decease. Now remember, we told you to mark that down in your mind's eye, and remember that this word decease is the Greek word exodus. Now what does exodus mean? It means an exit, right? Going out. It's like what, that's what the whole book of Exodus is about, about God bringing his children out of Egypt and bringing them into the promised land. And so this is not really, when you die, take your last breath, you're not dead. Come on, you're just exiting. You're, 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 you're putting off this flesh body and you're stepping into that new glorified, that spiritual body. And so, don't that sound a lot better when they talk about his exit? I, I, want, I want you and I to think about continually. There's nobody that's dead. That'll help us. I get sad sometimes when the devil tries to beat on my mind and all of those things and, and the... Because I have loved ones, you have loved ones. We have people that we love and we miss and all of those things. We can't do anything about that. We've got to make sure that we walk the walk and we go where they're at. Amen? All right. Verse um, 32. It says, But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. Now think about this. This is an amazing thing because they were uh, following so close to Jesus that he invited them to this uh, intimate experience. They're walking in the word. They're walking by the word. They're, they're seeing how the Old Testament is going to bring forth the New Testament. They're, they're, they're seeing a miracle here. They're, they're seeing something that nobody ever saw before. They're seeing two people who the world would say was dead, but they're seeing them alive and well in their glorified state because they're walking with Jesus. See, a lot of people, they say, oh, well, that Bible, I don't know if it's anything to it or not, especially the Old Testament, it's dead. No, it's not dead. It, it, it's fulfilled. Jesus completed it, amen? And, 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 and there's a lot of prophecy yet to still be completed. Ezekiel chapter 40 to the end of the book, it's all prophecy. It's waiting. It's coming. It's coming to pass and all of those things. And so they're in a place and position where they're seeing the Word of God in a way that they never saw it. They're seeing it in the light of the New Testament. Thank God for the Old Testament. But if we read it in the light of the Old Testament, it will do nothing for us. But if we read it in the light of the New Testament, the time of grace... It comes alive. And so you and I are in a place right now where we can be like a, a, a Peter, James, and John. And we can see some things that nobody else has ever saw. Don't you want to see what God has for you right now? He has some things for you that's going to sure you up in your walk, but it's going to uh, help you to be able to fulfill your calling. Amen? All right. Uh, verse 33. And it came to pass as they departed from him... 
Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. Uh, and, and see, that's so true. This is something that you have to, you and I have to see. We get a revelation from the Lord, and, and thank God for that revelation, but we can't stand right where we're at in that revelation. We'll die. God is a God that is always moving us forward. And so uh, uh, we want a tabernacle with the Lord, but the Lord's not in one place. The Lord's everywhere. He's outside of time, but He's declaring the end from the beginning. He's fulfilling everything that has been prophesied about it. And so you and I, we're not, we're not hemmed in. We're not in one locale. You and I, we're spirit beings. Yes, we're in a flesh body, but we can go wherever we need to go. We can do whatever we need to do. We can be who God says we are. Amen? And so we've got to live in that reality. Now, notice what it says, verse 34. All of this is why we came here. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. Now, this is what God wants you and I. He wants us to walk in the Word. He wants us to walk by the Word. And the way that we do that, we let the Holy Spirit overshadow us. We're willing, when, when the Spirit of God starts moving upon us, you and I have the ability to quench the Spirit of God. We have the ability to grieve the Spirit of God. Or we have the ability to, to embrace Him. We say, come on, overshadow me. I, I, I don't want anything else. I don't want any other outside influence. I, I don't want to be taught by the world. I don't want to be taught by what I thought or dreamed of in the past. I don't want to be influenced by uh, anything, especially the enemy. I want you to overshadow me. I want to be swallowed up in the glory cloud. And when you and I get swallowed up in the glory cloud, everything changes. Come on, think about when Moses went up on the mountain and he spent 40 days and, and he was completely sustained without food, without water, just in the presence of God. Don't you want the Lord to be your sustenance? Yes. yes. Amen. He can meet every need, every, every desire, everything that you have uh, that you're looking for in your life. He has the perfect thing where the devil wants to give us a counterfeit. So let's let the, the glory cloud, let's let the presence of the Spirit of God just overshadow us and look what happens. That's when you hear intimacy from the Father that nobody's ever heard before. Verse 35, and there came a voice out of the cloud. Nobody else could hear it. Now think about that. God has words for your spirit that nobody else can hear. Just for you, where you're at where you're living at. And he has words that will build you up, that will encourage you, will strengthen you like never before. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is, present tense, my beloved son, hear him. See, the devil, he shouts. God whispers. God whispers his truth. And you've got you've to lean into him to be able to hear and when you lean into him, he speaks even so clear and so softly. His words don't hurt. They don't limit. They don't hinder. They don't hurt in any form or fashion. They bring an encouragement. They have such a love on them that no matter what you're looking at or dealing with, you have hope and confidence it's going to be all right. Amen? Okay. Let, 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 let's have just a just little fun for a second. Come here, Sister Donna. Yeah, come here. Sit right here. Let's pretend that you're sitting in, in the living room. Okay? Now see, we can be in a place in a position where we think the problem is always with somebody else. But when we come to realize the problem is with us, then God can do something to help us. 
Amen. All right. So say that we're, we're sitting in the living room and, uh, you know, we, we've been having a discussion about being able to hear. And, yeah. And, uh, and so say I go in the kitchen and while I'm in here, I decide, well, you know, I'm going to fix me a cup of tea. Well, maybe so if I'm going to get me a cup of tea, maybe Donna wants a cup of tea, you know. So I say, hey, Donna, you want a cup of tea? No, you're supposed to say yes. Oh, yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I asked her if she wants a cup of tea, you know. But I didn't hear what she said. Donna, you want a cup of tea? Yes. That woman, I tell you what. I'll just go ahead and fix her a cup of tea because I am such a good person. I am a perfect, I have no problems. I'm a loving kind, attentive person. I'm going to fix her up. She don't deserve it, but I'm going to fix her a cup of tea. So I get a cup of tea. Here's your tea. I asked you three times if you wanted any. I didn't want any. No, no, no. Yes, thank you. I answered you. I said yes. What? I said yes every time you asked. You did? Yes, I could hear you. Could you not hear me? Oh. Were you not listening? So the problem wasn't with Donna. The problem is with me. Thank you. So we need to see that when, when, when we in a place, in a position where there is a promise, God's wanting to do something, and, it, and, and maybe we haven't seen that promise come to pass, we need to know the problem is not with him. It's me, me. Yes, Sister Michelle, what am I doing? What, what am I hearing? Well, because, see, I may be so caught up in what's going on in my mind, Donna's saying yes, the Holy Ghost is saying yes, but I'm thinking, I, I, I'm rationalizing all of these things, and I'm not hearing what that small, still, tender voice is saying, amen? So, here God speaks out of this cloud, and He said, here's my son, right? Notice what He said, this is my beloved son, hear him. Now, don't that sound odd? I mean, there they are. They're in this glory cloud. They're under the anointing. But the words out of God the Father is, you're fixing to come out of this place. But just because you come out of this place doesn't mean that you're leaving the place of hearing. See, a lot of times we're under the anointing, I mean, you, you hear all that you're, you're in the presence of the Lord like we was this morning, the Spirit of God's moving, you're hearing all of these things, and you step outside, and immediately the devil says, well, now what you going to do? You know, you start hearing all these other voices. We, now, wait a minute. God said that I could hear Jesus. Because the, the, the cloud's fixing to disappear. But he said, hear my son. So that means I can hear Jesus whether it feels like it, or not. Amen. Come on. We don't go by feelings. We walk by faith, not by... Come on. So it doesn't matter what you're feeling. And so be encouraged. And, 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 and when you're feeling something contrary to the truth of the Word of God, you have to laugh at the devil. Donna tells me continually all the time. You know, laugh at him. Laugh at him. Hold, hold, hold your eyes on Jesus. That's what we've got to do. Amen. All right. Uh, go with me to James chapter 1. Uh, I love the, the epistle of James. Uh, you know, Jesus is half-brother, but I want to read one verse here. Uh, and then we're going to go somewhere and we'll come back. So you mark yourself in here in, in the book of James. But look at verse 21. 
James 1.21 Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And, but anyway, concerning the last part of the verse, don't get caught up in all of that. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So you have to do like God said. You have to hear His beloved Son, but then you have to be in the place where you receive what He's saying to you. Notice what He said. And receive with meekness. You have to have this humble attitude to be able to receive what God would have for us. In other words, you've got to say, Lord, this is the way I've always done it. This is the way I've always thought about it. This is the way I've always believed it. But I'm humble enough to know if you're drawing me, if you're touching uh, my heart, if you're trying to speak some truth to me, I'm going to receive what you're saying. And, and, and so, if he had to put this in there, don't you think there's a great chance that we might not be doing this? Notice what he said. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Not your spirit. Your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions. Your spirit is, when you get blood washed, you get a brand new spirit. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. But your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, if, if you and I don't renew it with the Word of God, the devil will bug us our whole life. There are certain things in my life that to this day, I'm still trying to get renewed. I'm trying to receive a word for it where the devil won't have an open door in my life in that area. But it's available to me. It's available for me. Amen. I just got to do what the Bible says. Now, uh, go, let's go to the Gospel of Luke. And hold your place there because we're coming right back. I, I, I want to just drive this point home about receiving. And uh, Luke chapter 8. Look at... Uh, Verse 19, Luke 8 and 19. Then came to him, then came to Jesus, his mother and his brethren. And we won't go into great detail on this because we did hear a while back. But then came his mother and his brethren, and uh, they could not come at him for the press, for the crowd. Verse 20, and it was told him by a certain which said, Thy mother and thy brother stand without, desiring to see thee. Verse 21, and he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brother are these which what? Hear the word of God and do it. So we've we got to be in the place and the position where we hear the word of God, but we, 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 we've got to make sure that we receive it with, with application. We've got to say, now wait a minute, I, I, he told me I had to receive the word of God. And that word receive means you have to reach out and you have to take it for yourself. And the way that you know that you're receiving the word of God is that you're starting to do things different in your life. Think about the little things that you're doing different every day. Where you have victory, you have success, you have peace. Where before, you, you, you might have complete turmoil or, 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 or just, just distress beyond, uh, beyond words. I mean, there, there are certain areas in my life where I'm still fighting the devil, but it's so much easier. Come on. You, you have you, you have victory uh, in that where before where there might be a little altercation and it might take a few minutes where before it might take a week, a month, come on all of those things. And so uh, Jesus is saying that when we when we hear that word and we do it, that we're His family. That's why the devil doesn't want us to do the word. Now you and I, we've all got family problems. Come on, but. 
in, in Jesus, He takes care of those problems. And, and so, you, you and I, we may not have had the perfect example, or, or we may not have been the perfect example, but now we're in Jesus, and we're a new creature, and we have new beginnings, we have a new hope, we have a new understanding, and we need to know that Jesus is calling us unto His own, and what you didn't have before, God can place it in your life. And what you may have lost, God can restore it. Come on, I'm seeing the Lord restore some things in my life that's been gone for seven years. That's a long time. Now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying everything's like where it, sh- where it should be, but I know God's on the scene. And, it's, and, and there's an open door there. There's an opportunity there. And, and so I want to encourage you, just, just keep looking to the author and the finisher of your faith. Keep believing uh, God for the impossible, because He can do it. He's not waiting on you and I. He's having to wait on the other person, because you're ready. I'm ready. But but just as He waited on us for salvation, and whatever it might have been, He's waiting on them, and He's a perfect gentleman. Isn't that something? Okay, go back to, 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 to James, and let, let's read the rest of the chapter and see all that the power that's in that word. James uh, one twenty two. James 1, 22. He said, but be you what? Doers of the word. And I love this, this where he says, but be. It means simply simply let the word generate in your life. Let, let it cause you, bring you to that point of being a doer of the word. In other words, just tell the Lord. I have to tell him there's some things the Lord's asking me to do right now. And I just tell him, I said, Lord, not only do I don't want to do it, I'm afraid to do it. I don't know how to do it. But I follow my face. I humbly receive your instruction, your word. And if you, if anything comes out of this that's good, that's lasting, you're going to have to do it. But I, I recognize that. But I'm going to say I will do what you tell me to do. Amen. And when we come into that place in that position, then he brings to pass what He's put on your heart. He, he enables you and generates you to be able to do it. But be you doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving your own self. Remember what we started out with where Jesus said, Take heed that no man... And I told you that I'm the one that can deceive myself the most. See, I, I can sit around and I can, I can quote Scripture. But unless that Scripture comes out of my heart, if it just comes out of my head... See, head is knowledge. Head has to do with all sorts of feelings. But when it comes out of my heart, when it comes out of my spirit, that's about faith. And so that's why I've got to keep saying the word until I get it from here to here. And then when I get it into here, I can speak it out. It'll be faith that is released and it'll be a creative force. Amen. So he said, don't just be a hearer, be a doer. This word doer is a Greek word that means uh, to be a performer. But I love it. It means to speak as a poet. So that, that tells us that, that to be a complete doer of the Word of God, we're going to have to speak it out of our own mouth because what we speak is what we do. So if I, if I want to perform the Word, I'm going to have to learn how to speak it. And I've got to recognize that it's a poet. That it, it, the Word of God is a poem. See, the Word of God says uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 that you are God's creative masterpiece. And it has to do with, with the, uh, not only a, a fabulous painting or a, a wonderful piece of 
uh, symmetry uh, that has been sewn or pieced together, but it also has to do with a word that has been spoken. You realize you're here because God spoke you out? And then he put his hands on you. I think that's a little deep, but I think we need to hold on to it. Come on, that, that's, a, that's a powerful statement. It'll come back to you. Verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. And straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, but being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, a poet, a performer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So you, you no matter what it looks like, if you're doing the word of God, and, and I, I mean, you know, maybe you're paying your tithes or maybe you're giving and, and the devil's trying to put a pinch on your finances or, or maybe you're praying for a person as the Spirit puts on your heart and it seems like they're getting worse or, or maybe you're believing for a promise and it seems like that, that you're turning 180 degrees away from that promise. Just stand there. When you've done all you can do, you just have to stand and stand by faith because you, you have to tell the devil, listen, I'm doing the word. And God said, because I'm doing the word, I'm blessed. Whom God blesses cannot be. Come on. So you, you have to stand there and you have to tell the devil because the devil, he will steal from me every little thing I let him steal. But remember, I, I, I hear the word and I understand it. Matthew 13. And so he's not going to take it from me. All right. Notice how he ties it together. And this is why you know about being that poet. Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his... Talking about his speech, right? But deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is in vain. I can't have what God says if I say what I feel. Because what I feel is completely different from what God says. Because my feelings does not operate in the realm of God's faith. So if I want to be a doer of the Word, I've got to be honest to God. See, I may be deceiving myself. I may be, I may be in a church service. I may be in a prayer service. I may be in a devotion time. The Spirit of God gives me a scripture. I stand on that scripture. It comes into my heart. I speak it out of my mouth. And then I go outside. Here comes the, the foul of the air to try to take it from me. And, you know, I've prayed that prayer. I've said the word, and then the devil shows me everything contrary. And if I take heed, if I let that reflect, if that becomes my meditation rather than the word, then guess what? I lose the promise. I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm trying to correct some things in our life. I'm trying to show us that it's never with God, it's always with me. Amen? Okay. So... What you and I want to do, we, we want to be in the place and the position where we let, let the Word keep getting stronger and stronger in our life. We, we, we come to the place where we know that we can do it. Do you believe you can do the Word? I believe I can do the Word, don't you? All right, let, in closing, I want to cover, cover just a few verses of Scripture here. Go to, with me to John chapter 13. And, you know, in, in this 13th chapter, it's the greatest chapter of love. It's, it's where Jesus shows us His attitude uh, of a servant. And uh, so he, he's preparing his disciples for the future. This is the last meal they'll have together. And he's waiting to eat a meal with you. He said, I'm not going to drink of the vine until 
that day till he can drink it with all of us. We're talking about we've got a great time coming. Amen. This gives me chills thinking about it. And so he's patiently waiting. He is the husbandman that is waiting for this great harvest. But he's preparing them. And so he washes their feet. And, and notice what he says then in verse uh, uh, 13. He said, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Now, I, I, I'm not promoting foot washing. I'm promoting what he really did here. What did he really do here? He uh, showed the disciples how that they were going to step in some things as they walked through this world. But he showed them how the word, the washing of the water of the word would clean them up. I need you to speak a word in my life. Somebody needs you to speak a word in their life. Amen. And when you speak that word by the unction of the Spirit of God, that's what Jesus is talking about. It washes their feet. It encourages them. It strengthens them. But notice what he says here. He said, Verily, verily, I send you that the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that has sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus said, In other words, I'm not greater than the Father. You're not greater than me. We're, we're in a, a, a family, if you would. But notice what he said in verse 17. If you know these things. See, we've got to know what God's will is for our life, what he's called us to do. And he said, If you know these things, he said, Happy are ye that do them. Now, happy is not a good translation. The word from the Greek is supremely blessed. So what did James say? James said the very same thing. He said that if you hear the word and you do it, you are blessed. Well, here Jesus said that we would not be blessed by this world, but we would be supremely blessed. Isn't that something? And so, in other words, uh, Jesus said, if you just know what I'm saying to you, by my spirit, he said, just simply do it. And as you do that, you will be supremely blessed. Now, see, I, in all honesty, there's been some things that the Lord's been wanting me to do, and I, I just kicked against the pricks. And, and uh, I just didn't want to do it, and I just made up my mind I wasn't going to do it. Okay? Uh, and he'll let you do that. And you can walk along, and, and you can be happy in other areas of your life, but in that area of your life, you're miserable. Come on, it's an open door. It's, a, it's an avenue that, that when, when that opportunity when to, 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 uh, to serve, to, to obey the Lord, to follow the Spirit of God, to walk by the Word in that area, uh, when that arrives, when that opportunity presents itself and you don't do that, the way of a transgressor is hard. So I want to be supremely blessed, don't you? I, I, I want to have the kind of success that takes people to the promised land. In closing, just one verse uh, in Joshua chapter 1. I wish we had time, but we won't take time. But I, I love this first chapter of Joshua. God t- tells him, he said, I'm going to make you successful. I'm going to make it where your enemies cannot stand before you. See, we give the devil too much credit. We're always talking about what the devil has done or what he's going to do. We need to tell him what Jesus done on Calvary. Amen? We need to stand in that place. But look what uh, the Word says in verse number 8. Joshua 1 and 8, for sake of time. said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou sh- that thou mayest observe us to do according to all 
that is written therein. Now, you say, well, Greg, we're under grace. Yes, so we, we, need, to, we need to walk in the love walk. We, we need to walk in the New Testament commandment. Jesus, he fulfilled all of the old. See, God gave us ten commandments. And by the time they got done with them, they had 613. See, everything man does, he messes up. So Jesus simplified it. He said, love God, love your neighbor. So tonight, if you'll just simply say, God, I don't know what you want to do, but I know that you want me to love you and you want me to love my neighbor, and I'm going to do that, guess what? You're supremely blessed. And here what, here's what happens. You, that you observe to do all that's written therein, for then thou shall make thy way prosperous. This is why I said God's a God on the move, because this word prosperous means that in every area of your life, you're moving forward. You're pushing forward. In your emotions, in your finances, in your family, in your job, in your dreams, you're pushing forward. Because you're simply letting God bless you and you're not dependent upon yourself. You realize you're not your source. Look what he promises. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. It's a double play on the word of prosperity. But notice in in that verse, thy mouth, thou shalt, thou mayest, thou shalt, thy way, Thou shalt, thou shalt. Look at all those. It's, the emphasis is on me. Everybody's looking. I wish God would bless me. God's done blessed you. Ephesians chapter 1 said, You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I'm already blessed, but I've got to receive them. They're available. But, but, but it's, it's up to me to do my part. Amen. Now, there's some people here tonight, you're in a situation and circumstance where uh, there's some things that are completely out of your control. Uh, And it has nothing to do uh, with you. There's some issues and some problems and some situations, some struggles. But what you've got to come back to do is say, I'm not going to let that cause me to lose focus of the Word. I'm not going to let that uh, keep me from God's best or, or make me question the Lord. I'm just going to do what He said. If I'll do what the Lord said, He said I would be blessed. So that's all you've got to do tonight is just say, Lord, wh- where are you leading me? What are you saying about who am I supposed to love? I know I love you first, but who am I supposed to love? Who am I supposed to pray for? Who am I supposed to smile at? Whatever it might be, everybody has a different word because God's talking to each heart according to where you're at. You don't have to do what anybody else does. You don't have to act like anybody else. You don't have to talk like anybody else. You don't have to have the knowledge of anybody else. You just have to have the Spirit of God talk to you. And you say, Lord, I'm listening. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. And when all of a sudden that glory cloud comes all over you, you're in the place where you say, I'm going to walk by this word I've just heard, and I'm going to have freedom like never before. Amen? Hallelujah. Can I leave you with this, this thought? This is a true story. There was a teenage boy. He got a job after school uh, working in this hardware store. It was his very first job. And he, he worked very hard and he learned so much about the job. He, he heard everything that his boss said and he tried to, to put it into practice. He tried to do it. And, and, and because of that, his boss got to trust in him with, with more responsibility. 
God wants to trust us with more responsibility. He got to trust him with more and more responsibility until finally uh, he would actually leave the store and go make a bank deposit. And, and uh, this was years ago before we had all these bank apps and all of these things now with your phone. But he would do all these great things and, uh, and, and let the young man just have some experience. And so one day uh, this uh, gentleman comes in and he says, I, I want uh, so many pounds of of 16 penny nails and he said okay follow me and they went back to the back and, and uh, uh, he, he got a box and he started counting out these uh, these nails on the scale and bam he got exactly the weight the number of pounds that the man wanted and he said here you go sir and uh, the man leaned over he said listen the, the guy who used to work here before said I gave him a tip and he gave me an extra scoop of nails and the, the, the boy said to him oh no sir I couldn't do that he said I couldn't do my boss that way. He said, I've I, I seen your boss as I was coming in. He was going out. He said, he's not here. He'll never know it. He said, my boss lives in here. My boss lives in here. Jesus, he lives inside of you. And, and he wants to give you more and more responsibility. And he wants to show you that in your obedience, in where you're at, you're pushing forward. You're, 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 nothing can hold you back. Nothing can hold you down. You're going somewhere. You're primed and ready for promotion in the name of the Lord. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for your blessings. I ask you right now that every person under the sound of my voice that has a hunger to, to respond to what you are speaking to them, because I believe this is just a confirmation. I believe you done spoke some things in their lives, and this is stirring this them. This is bringing a, a, a clear reflection in their life of your word instead of situation, instead of worry, instead of uh, the, the weary thoughts and uh, trials and tribulations that the enemy would want to bring. I ask that you would touch every one of us, Lord, and help us just to come to that place where we just hear your word tonight. And those that are in situations where uh, people are taking advantage of them, people are, are not doing what they should do, Lord, help them just be able to, to, to lay those people on your altar at your feet and let you take care of that situation. Let them just be able to rest in you and have no weary, have no worry, have no fear, no anxiety of any kind because they know that if God be for them, who can be against them? Oh, we ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be. Hallelujah. Would you come tonight, make yourself an altar, let us pray with you, say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I need your prayer. I, I, I need your, 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 your hand in my life. I need your spirit to bring a word to me tonight. Would you come and let us pray with you? We want to bless you. We want to be a blessing to you just by agreeing with you in prayer. Hallelujah.